Today's Wednesday. It is it's 11-25-2020, which is Thanksgiving Eve. We're ready to begin our worship service. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this time we come together in uh, fellowship. We thank you for those who have taken it out of their schedules to join and to come to seek what your thoughts are in the word. So, Father, we pray for wisdom as we approach you tonight, asking that the scriptures before us would be even more understandable. Thank you for Jesus and and, and the calling that we have received. We thank you for the provision of the Holy Spirit, which just makes everything better in our lives. So we ask that we would have a fruitful study at this particular time in in our lives is a rushed and busy time for many, as we're thinking about celebrating Thanksgiving here in the U.S. But we have even a greater uh, provision uh, than anybody in human history. So we have so much to be thankful for. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Okay, so... Amen. Amen. So we have been studying in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8. And you have notes. If you haven't checked your email, you should uh, grab hold of those notes and you can follow along with me. Um, So Romans 8. Verse 30 is where we are. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So we want to talk about that tonight a little bit. Uh, We'll pause for a moment to see if there are any questions, any follow-up questions from things that were not clear or anything you want to talk about. We'll open the floor for, for a bit. The floor is open. Uh, hello. Hello. It's, it's Jewel. The kids want to say hello. Hi. Hey, um, who can you identify yourself? My name is, my name is Joseph Martinez. Joshua. That's, Joshua. Oh, wow. We got all the kids. Hey, boy, you guys sound a lot older from when, when I last saw you. Who is Who said what's up? That, that, would, that would be me. Who's What's your you? name? My name is Josh. <laughs> Josh. How old are you, Josh? Fourteen. Fourteen? Oh, my gosh. Fourteen? You're a teenager? When I saw you last, you didn't even come up yeah, to I'm my gonna... knee. <laughs> do you, you do know you... that's Doug. <laughs> do you know who I am, Josh? Do you know me? I have no idea. <laughs> well, oh, oh, that's so. You know what that means. We need to do. We need to the next time just do a Zoom yeah. call. So did that you, way. Did you hear how he described you, Doug? What, what did he say? Did you hear how he described you? No, I was talking. Tell me what he said. He 
He's trying to figure out who you are. So I said, Pastor Presley. He said, is that the light-skinned dude? The one that looked like Barack Obama. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, tell him, tell him no. It wasn't. It wasn't that one. <laughs> if anything, well, that was a compliment. No, if anything, Barack Obama looks like me. I'm older than he is. So. Oh my gosh. So. Essence is trying to say hello here. Essence. Hello. Hey, pop pop. Hey, Papa. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Fantastic. Hey, everybody else. How y'all doing? Hello, Essence. How are you? Now, Essence. Essence. Essence, you remember me, right? Yes. You you do remember me, right? Yes, I do. All right. All right. Yes, I do. Guess how old I am. I would say you are... Well, are you driving yet? Um, yes. <laughs> With See. Nana, she loves it. Okay, so you're 16. 17. 17. Oh man. Well, Bill has a lot of cars over there. He could you could take one of his. I know. <laughs> you know, no, he told me he can drive um the Mercedes in the Porsche. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. That's, yeah, Bill would be he happy. Told me that. He'd be happy. No, you're talking to a, to, to a minister, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, it's so good to hear you. Uh, this so many years later, it's been like probably ten years or so, nine or ten years since we last talked. But so glad that you, yeah, you guys are all doing well. I and and listen. I got some old tapes of you singing, you and your brothers singing. So just uh, one of these days, we're gonna we're gonna put oh, them no. on Facebook. No thanks. <laughs> we're we're okay. <laughs> You're okay. Uh, I I was looking at those. Look at pictures so your friends can see. Beautiful, wonderful. Well, at least somebody no. somebody's proud of it here. I don't know, but we are. I don't know you guys are, but we're, we're proud of what you guys did. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we're going to get started, and if huh? you, you, we're, you're welcome to join us. We're going to be talking about Romans. You know anything about that? What did you say? I said we're going to be talking about Romans, the book of Romans. Do you know anything about that? I've heard of it. Okay, that's a good answer. So if you want, listen in with your with uh, is your grandmother now, right? Yeah, it's your grandmother. Nana. Yeah. Uh, Nana. Nana. Hey. You got your Bible? Yeah. I'll pull up, I'll pull up Romans for her. Uh, it's so good to hear from the from those kids. I have not heard from them in so many years. I know you guys have, so you know, but I have. It's like a reunion for me. Uh, and it's, they're, they're at a stage now where they're just so much fun. Oh, 14 and 16 and 17. And, now, how, we could continue reminiscing, but we got, we, we're, we're, we're on the clock. So let's do this. Um, that was our Q&A. <laughs> so 
we're going to that's right. <laughs> so we're going to move All forward. All right, we'll talk another time. Yes, yes. Uh, by the way, before we do actually move forward, I did hear someone else say something, but we won't go too long into that part of it. But go, but who else was speaking at the time? Was that you, Dwight, or was it Fred? Yeah, I, I had a quick question, but we can we can hold it till next time if you want. Okay, I tell you what. Why don't you? Why don't you? We'll just hold. We'll just hold the questions till next. If this was a good reminiscent time, and we'll hold our question for the next time, so we have a little time for lunch. Yeah. So what what I thought was so let's do, do that. But if you can at least verbalize the question, that can get everybody thinking about it as well. So we won't answer it, but we'll at least think about it. All right. It's um, Matthew chapter eleven, verses eleven through twelve. Matthew eleven. Um, we had talked about this before. You know, we had talked about this before, and I wrote it down, and I think I know what's going on, but I can't remember exactly how we phrased it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, uh, truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And I think um, that the reference to the church age um, meaning somebody who's born in the church age is greater than John the Baptist, who was who did not die in the church age, John before the church age. Yes. Um, yes. So that's what I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So I just wanted to go over that. I, I... Yeah. So we we yeah, will we will save that. And and yeah. when we do come to our next Q and A, which will probably be Sunday. Uh, God willing, then let's all think about this scripture. That way we can all be at least uh, having done a little bit of research on it. All right. Excellent. So let's move on into the book of Romans, where we are. We're we're looking at Romans 8.30. It says, And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called... He also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Really, it, it, it is on the back of um, 829, which we covered, hopefully, in detail. And if there are questions, we definitely want to bring out what those questions are. It does require, it, it is a concerted effort from everyone that we all have uh, co- a contribution Right? So we bring our thoughts to the table. So we need those thoughts. Those are important as we are uh, on our journey to what is truth. I won't know what truth is, uh, all truth is. And having the different perspectives and seeing it from all the different angles gives us uh, a better understanding of the passage. So that's what we're after. And that's why we, we have Q&A as well, so that we can get more than one person's perspective. And I think it's valuable. And, and all of us together have something to c- contribute. We all are members of one another, right? It's not just the whole body is one gift. You know, we want to deal with everyone on the same level. And 
all, all of our contributions are as important as each other's. So uh, let's move on into the text. Now what we tried to do here is just break it down into uh, just some phrases as we normally do. So the first thought is Happy Thanksgiving. And I say we have much for which to be thankful. We do. We honestly have a lot. And as I think about it, of all the people on in the history of the human race, we have the most to be thankful for. Uh, there's no way you, you are ordinary. You are extraordinary. Now, of course, you may not, that may not have dawned, dawned on you yet. Maybe you just don't realize it. But yes, you are extraordinary. Or extraordinary, I should say. So as we go through these words, just think about what God has done for you. Just try to have some sort of concept. Allow God to paint this picture in your mind of what he's planned all for you. And to me, that's very a very special way to think about it as I, I can... As I look at the passages of scripture that we're going to go over, or the words that are used, uh, they were used for Israel, but now they're used for the church. We'll, we'll, co we'll cover as much as we can. So let's dig in. So uh, the first phrase is, and those he predestined. So I talked a little bit about this on Sunday, about the word those. From 828 all the way to 8 through 830, those is used five times. So it's very specific about who it's talking about. But more than that, we're going to see this chain of continuity here between every place that it deals with those. And he keeps adding more on top of what he has already given us about us. So there are things that happened before time began. Uh, imagine, we, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around something that happened before the universe was created. We're so oriented to creation that we can't really look at anything outside of creation. In fact, if you think about um, people who have theories of what we call evolution and all of that, uh, they do talk about the Big Bang, and there was this Big Bang, and all of a sudden, matter was flung all over in, into space. And these, this matter became the galaxies, and solar systems, and planets, and suns, and you could just... Now, of course, there's a lot of questions that we would have about that, but for some reason, uh, those who postulate such theories don't seem to have those questions because they know they can't answer them, so let's just not even go there. So, but we, what we have, we're sitting in a seat where God is directing our attention to eternity past. I mean, a time when there was nothing but God, as far as we know, right? This, we're saying this, but as far as we know, there was no creation. When I say creation, I mean, look up at the, the heavens on a clear night and just as far as the eye can see and we see stars some very bright some not shining so bright and all we're saying is 
that's the universe. That's the creation of God, including planet Earth that we happen to live on. So we're saying a time when before that happened. So, so obviously there had to be a lot of planning for God to uh, create all things. There had to be a master plan, if you will, where God is saying, this is what my intentions are. And I'm going to create the universe in order to realize what I want. So it tells us a lot. We have this plan gives us insight not only into what God made, because what you know we see tells us something about the one who made it. We can learn a lot. And we can also, as we have the information in the mystery, which was hidden from all other people and revealed to us, we have information more that deals with the motivations of God, what he wanted, what was he after when he created all things. So we have a lot that we can ponder, think about, and allow the spirit of truth to lead us in. So that's what we're going to do. We'll take our time with the words, and hopefully I want everybody to have familiarity with these words. I don't want us to uh, predestine, scratching your head, what is that? No, you should have, I mean, this is about your heritage, so you should have great understanding, clarity when it comes to these words. It's not something you want to think about uh, in terms of uh, somebody else. Like this is for Israel, or this is for Gentiles, or this is this is for you. So, if you're not interested in much, this should grab your attention because God saw you from eternity past, and when we say eternity past, that's what we mean. And He planned these things on your behalf. So we're going to go over five times. He says those, and even makes reference to. Uh, many brothers and sisters. So when he says those, we're going to get to that part. So let's go into the first one, where he says those, those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. That's in 828. Let me just turn my Bible over there just so I can make sure I'm there. So Romans 828 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So that verse is dripping with possibilities and purpose. So we know those who love him and have been called. And so we're not just called. We are called according to God's eternal purpose. That's what's about us. So to point number two, those God foreknew. This is in verse 29. He also predestined that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So who are those, if you ask the question? Those are those many brothers and sisters. That's who those are. Many brothers and sisters. It helps us orient. Uh, we could say, well, are you, are you talking about those in Israel? Are you talking? Who, who are you talking about? Many brothers and sisters that we could be conformed to the image of his son. Uh, that that's specific to me. 
Right? It closes the door every so that it is exclusive to us. And then point number three, those predestined, right? He, those he predestined, he also called. Now this is in verse 30. So in verse 30, we have the rest of uh, those uh, statements. So those he predestined, he also called. So now we're talking in eternity past, what God did. Predestined means that your life is marked out. Right? You, you, God already designed the, the life that you would live. And the life that we have has been merged with the life of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, you might say, wow, how did that happen? Well, we could easily uh, say it's the baptism of the Spirit. Now, these are miraculous things that have happened to us, but the results of the back baptism of the Spirit will speak of the predestination. But we didn't get beat. The baptism of the Spirit hadn't happened until Pentecost. So the words that are spoken here are words that have to do with God's planning. He foreknew us. That means that he knew that we would be a part of his plan. What part of the plan do we play? We are fit fit right into these those statements. The, for those he foreknew, he also predestined. Those he predestined, he also called, and so forth. That's, who, that's the role we play in God's foreknowledge. It's pretty clear that he's talking about us. Those who believe, and all these different things we'll get to. So to predestine, right? If if he if God predestined us, then it says he called us. Yeah. Now, part of th this whole thing, the predestined, right? Uh, we're we're going to get more to that because that's the phrase we're on. But I just want to give you the five of those points, and we'll get more to the predestined part later. So then there's point four. And then it says, those called, he also justified. This is all in verse 30. Right? Those he called, he also justified. So it's the same people that he's talking about. And there's another word that's in there that is employed that helps us understand that. And that's also. Right? Those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. So that also tells us that it is not just some that he predestined, and then others he called, and then others he called. No, it's the same ones that he called, and same those that he also did this for, and the same those that he also did something else for. It just builds on top of these the, the people that he's talking about, the brothers and sisters. He just builds more things on top of them. It's the same group of people that he's talking about. So, those he, he called, he also justified. So we're going to talk about what called is, all that, in a little bit more detail as we get to it. But those justified, and this is point number five, he also glorified. And there we're talking about the pinnacle of work and planning that God has for, for these believers. Now, what's interesting is when it says he... He, that he also glorified. God is saying that he can see what it is that he planned. In other words, he, may, he knows he doesn't have it yet. God knows what time it is. He, he, we, we don't think that God already, that we are already glorified. God knows exactly where we are in the process. And you could 
right now say where you are in this process. Those he called, he also justified. That's where you are. And those he justified. Now stop, because that's exactly, uh, we're right at the point before we get to be glorified. So we'll get to that as we go forward. Point number B. So let's t since we're looking at the phrase, and those he predestined, where it says, those he predestined, uh, those specifically marked out uh, to be identified with his son. Right? That's who he's talking about, particularly. And why, why do we need to say it this way? Uh, of course, you might say, of course it says that. It's because it says that in the previous verse, that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And the only way that happens is through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So when we look at that verse, the thought about it is this, is that um, our predestination is not the same as Israel's. Because Israel, there's, there's passages in the Old Testament or it talks about Israel's. They were foreknown, they were predestined, they were called, they were chosen. All those things are said of Israel. So I just want to make sure we don't get the two mixed up. I, I don't think anybody here would. But when you are maybe excited about this and explaining it to other people, make sure they don't get it mixed up. That we're not talking about Israel, God's nation. Right? So we, we, we just want to be sure that our predestination or our lives being marked out is not to be an Israelite. Seems simple, but it just needs to be said. Now there is a verse, interestingly, in verse 21 through 23 in Ephesians, actually 22 through 23. I'm going to turn to it just so we can, uh, we can get this understanding of what it will look like when we are glorified. Right? Let's... Let's talk about it. It says in verse 22, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. So notice, it's we're going to be mentioned here. And this whole passage in Ephesians 1 is, is really about from, from, let's say, 16 all the way down to these verses here. It's all about us and the calling, the hope of our calling. Uh, that we we have so and then it says uh, Christ is the head over he's placed everything's been placed under his feet and appoint God has appointed the father has appointed him to be head over everything for the church listen to how Paul describes the church because this has to do with our predestination and it's important which is his body so this is a metaphor the body metaphor to say that he's the head where the body and obviously there is a connection between the head and the body we're all one and uh, when we talk about the the body function in first corinthians 12 it talks about that there's many parts of the body right and christ is the head but we being many parts are equal in in terms of our necessity to the body it is important that we see that but listen to the body metaphor, right? This is this takes it a little, another step further when we say that which is his body, this is the church, which we become, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. 
So I always sort of quote these things when I talk about that word fullness. And that leads us to point number C. I want to talk about that word fullness for a second. The word is pleroma. And this is what it says, uh, and this is from Strong, by the way. It says repletion or completion. That is, subjectively, what fills uh, as content, supplement, copiousness, or multitude, right? So why do I use all these words? This is the definition of that word, pleroma. And what we want to understand from this is pleroma, we are the, the substance that fills. Like it's like the first part, what fills? We are the what that fills something else. And we're going to talk about that as we go forward. Or objectively, what is filled? Let's see now, objectively, we're, it can be used to talk about what is filled, but it, it also is used to talk about what it is that fills. So think about it. It could be referring to a full cup of water. Or it could be referring to half a cup of water and the part that is filling the other half, it could be referring to that part that is the other half that fills a cup of water as a container, performance, or period, which is, and then I'm back to the definition, which is put in to fill up, right? This is exactly what we were talking about. So a pe the piece that is filling up or the what Fulfilling, full, fullness. Okay, so the word is translated in all those different ways. But hopefully you get the flavor of what that word means. So notice if we apply this to the body metaphor. This is where we are. When it says we are his body, and what is his body? The fullness of him. In other words, what fills or completes who he is? So it's just... Tough to say to people who are religious, but um, I'll just say it this way. We complete Christ. Now, a lot of religious people say, hold on, call the theology police. Doug said something out of line. But no, what, what I'm saying here is this verse is telling us that when God planned this whole thing from eternity past, he set Christ up as the pivotal point right, of all things that would be about him. And it says we're being conformed to the image of his son, to Christ. So God set Christ up as the one who is the son. In other words, he's going to be over all things and even the church. Uh, he's over until all things come together in heaven and on earth, under one head, even Christ. And right, We see all those scriptures. That's in Ephesians chapter 1, for example. So, what God's ideal of who Christ is, is not complete until we fill up Christ. In other words, we complete Christ by God calling many sons into glory. Right? That's important for Christ to be what God the Father's plan wants Christ to be. So unless we actually fill up as his body who he is, the role that he plays, then Christ is not complete. And what people 
uh, object to is to, you know, the fact, oh, wait a minute, how can you say Christ is not complete? Please, he's the same yesterday, today, forever. He's, he's Christ, after all. He's the Lord. Well, God's plan has Christ playing this role. And as we think about who he is, he is not complete in that role until we step in. Till we fill up what is lacking. Just like it says, what is filled, right? Like a container, a performance, period, right? Uh, which is that which is put in to fill up. That's, that word, pleroma, has that meaning. And when we're talking about Christ, we're talking about roles. Who is Christ? Well, he's a person, but he's the person of God. And in that person, he has a role to play. And guess what? We also have that same role to play. That's what's important about play Roma. So let's look at it again. And God, verse Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, and God placed all things under his feet. Remember, all things are also under our feet. And appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Who is the church? Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Well, there's much more to be said about that, but I just wanted to make sure we got what was that whole... I, I might have said it a lot of times, but I haven't given the definition, so you have it as documentation. Point D, as ordinary as we may appear, and that's true, we are identified with the creator of the universe. It's just... That's the role Christ has. He's the creator of all things. And when he says he's the creator of all things, guess what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, which I could have put in the notes, but I didn't, because you already should know this. But at the end of 1 Corinthians 3, he says it, all things are yours. And he explains what all things are, whether Paul or Apollos. In other words, you're arguing about these ministers, whether uh, the future, the present, all things are yours, whether, I mean, he, he, I should guess, I guess I should quote it, part, partly because if I don't, I'll mess it up. So 1 Corinthians 3 at the end, so he says in verse 21, so then no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are of Christ and Christ is of God that's 1 Corinthians 3 20 uh, 21 through 23 so we have all things the role that Christ plays as the creator of the universe well this is why I say you are not ordinary if you're in that role Remember, all things were created by him and for him. If all things were created by him and for him, they were also created by him and for us as well. Because remember, God the Father, who is the one who uh, employed or has Christ, to create all things, has it to he has him to create all things with this in mind. So something to think about. 
So let's keep going. We have time, so we don't want to waste it. So, and those he predestined, um, he, the second, second point here, he also called. Let's talk about what it means that he called us. Now, just remember, <clears throat> he called that, I'm going to do it in the order in which it is. He called us in eternity past when we were chosen. So the calling part, even though we could talk about that in time, we're going to, but notice it stretches all the way back to before time began. When did he call you? He called you, and you couldn't even hear it because you didn't even have ears yet to hear. But he called you when he chose you in him before the creation of the world. So that's Ephesians 1, 4. Right? So it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So when, when it says he chose us, that is that sets up a call. So if God chose you for something, then he has to then bring about the circumstances in which he is able to call you according to that purpose. So that's important to note, right? So we can't just say, well, did you hear the call? And a lot of people talk about their call. And, and then they feel they're called to some special, uh, you know, vocation or in life or some special thing that God wants them to do that's maybe different from what your role is. Or, but everybody feels special about this word being called. But we have more than just some feeling. We have documentation as to what God did for us from eternity past. So his calling, right? when he said, and those he foreknew, he also predestined. Those he predestined, he also called. Well, the called part happened in eternity past. Right? The call went out, but, but nobody heard it until God was ready to deliver it. So point B, in time, God selected. He also had to do this. He had to select us to be born in this particular time. And it's not just, well, he called us and we just happened to show up. If, if he would have selected us to be uh, born at the time of Israel, then our calling would have been to, to the nation of Israel. We would have been called as a holy nation. But we are not called as a holy nation. We are called as a holy people. So he's, he had to select us to be born in this particular time, and that is between Pentecost and the rapture of the church. So if you're not born in that particular time, well, we're not born at random. We should just note, God is the one who selects when we are born. It, 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 I know it all sounds very contrived, but it is a plan. That's what it is. God knew he called you from to be in Christ before time began, for the creation of the world. So he had to select you to be born in a particular family and at a particular time, which is between Pentecost and the rapture. And so the family you were born in, your circumstances you were born in, all of those things God arranged ahead of time. Of course, we didn't know any, anything about all of this until we were able to read the scripture with the knowledge of the Holy Spirit leading us into this truth. We would not know otherwise. So he did that for us. Point C. And those called, right? Uh, okay, so, so those he called, 
What does that mean? It means that they were saved in time by uh, their own volition through the baptism of the Spirit. So you didn't know anything about God's special calling for you. All you knew is that salvation was presented to you. Uh, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you heard that, you you know, the Holy Spirit prepared your heart. He, he uh, helped you understand the issues of the gospel. Uh, and then having believed, like it says, let's turn to it. Let's make sure we don't go off track, off the track here. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. How did it happen? Some people will say, Oh, automatically, you know, if you were one of those that God chose, man, you're automatically saved. And then, well, say, you're already saved. Well, so then God just gives you everything else you need, right? No, this verse says it clear what happens. Okay, so let's see where your volition is involved here. So, so verse 13, and you also were included in Christ. And here, that's how it is. It tells me when, when you heard the message of truth. So there, what's the message? He's talking about the gospel, right? It didn't person didn't tell you. Oh, so let me tell you from here's the gospel. You from eternity past, God chose you to be in Christ, and now He selected you to be. In, no, that's not the gospel. The gospel is that you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live, and when you followed the ways of this world, and and so forth. But it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This is, we are saved not by righteous things we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, and the washing and regeneration and renewing of the, of the Spirit. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. So that's how you answered the call in time. So you can see, from eternity past, when God chose you, that was that establishes the call that God is going to have to bring uh, the circumstances to bear so that your volition can make a choice. You did make the choice, and through the baptism of the Spirit, we're able to take our place. So when you heard the message of truth, we're back to Ephesians 1.13, the gospel of your salvation. So there it is, if you didn't know what the message of truth was. When you believed, that's a volitional choice from you. It did not happen before you believed. There's a group of people, uh, Calvinists, who are saying that before you believe, God saves you. And then he gives you the faith to believe, which is backwards. Here, you see you had to hear the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believe. Right. So that's the next thing. What what happened? Well, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So it's the gospel of your salvation. So you're already saved. And the very next thing that, that happens upon belief, you know, we might even say simultaneously in this age, we were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. The seal says that God guarantees that that person who believed is the, it, it, it is the same person that corresponds to me choosing them in Christ before the world began. The seal says that is the person. And not only is that the person, but I am marking that person with the promised Holy Spirit. And what, what does that mean? Verse 14, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance 
until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. So when I was studying all this stuff and I was thinking about this verse and I said, oh, I wanted to add this verse in, what took me so long, which is we're not going to have time to think about, is to that one phrase at the end. I know you probably keyed in on, you know, the inheritance part and the redemption until the purchase possession and all that. But that last part is what got me to the praise of his glory. We have to talk about that in much more t time and detail because that verse, that phrase right there needs us, our attention even more. Well, that's it for another time, but notice what it does say according, he called you. And he, so we're talking about how did it all happen? Do we know? Can we just, or should we just make it up and assume? No, we have the detail right here. We have the facts, exactly what the facts are. And I love that. God, the Holy Spirit is that thorough for us. He's given us this detail of who we are, how we came to be in Christ. And it's not just, well, I happen to believe in, oh, by the way, anybody who believes in Christ is a new creation. Well, that's one thing, but we should know that that thing has legs that go way back to eternity past. So let's keep moving because I know time is fleeting. So let's, let's keep going. So those he predestined, he also called. So now we're in time. Is what we we got to from eternity past. We went we we crossed over into time, and not only time, but this time because between Pentecost and the Rapture, and God didn't reveal this to anybody prior to this. Not even angels knew. It was only revealed to the people between Pentecost and the Rapture. Now, of course, after it's Pentecost, everybody knows it. Even angels, Satan even knows what it is now. It's out. Right, what God's eternal purpose is. So, but it only pertains to those who are uh, in the time period of the Pentecost to the rapture. Let's keep going. So those he called, he also justified. So now, uh, remember, we already talked about the those and the people and so forth, but let's keep going. So justified, so upon their belief in Christ, they received the imputed righteousness of the Son and declared by the justice of God justified. So when we get justified, you can't really talk about justified until you talk about the reception of the righteousness of Christ. So justified is a result, right? So no, it's a declaration of the justice of God. So it's like the, the declaration of the justice of God when when he put us in Adam, and uh, he said, what, what about us? Condemned. That's what he says. By one man, uh, the many were condemned. That's us. We're, all of us were condemned because of one sin of Adam. And the fact that we all have sin nature uh, because of Adam. And we're dead. God is separated from us because of Adam. So what does his justice say about us? Condemned. You definitely. So now this is a reversal of that to be justified. And this is a reference to us being saved. 
so are born again or having eternal life. There's other uh, ways to, or synonyms when it comes to salvation. Uh, it's not just justified, but all of these things. And justified speaks to the fact that we've received imputed righteousness. Right? And then point B is the quote. Point B and C are quotes that demonstrate this very fact. So it says, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So notice, all of these things that he's talking about are grace, right? You didn't earn any of this. First of all, you didn't earn the fact that he chose you in him. You, you didn't earn the fact to be in his foreknowledge or predestination or uh, to be called. None of those things were earned by you. It was all grace. Even salvation is by grace, as we already know. And it is not of ourselves. This is all God's doing. But it took our volitional choice. And the only way we can make a decision to take a grace salvation has to be by faith. And it is non-meritorious. Right? It does not ha have works. And the scripture is very clear about the fact that we are to exclude works from faith. A man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. So we know it has nothing to do whatsoever with us trying to be obedient or, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, follow the word or anything, do good works, none of that, it's all off the table. So, the, so that's uh, point B was it's, it's between, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. So that's how we got, so we got to talk about justification in two ways the receiving of the righteousness of God and the response of the justice of God. So point C is the response. It says, and all are justified, how? Freely, by his grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Not through your works, not through your effort, not through anything you have. It is the grace of God. So notice, all of this, you're in the door. God is, the call is complete, and you haven't lifted a finger. I mean, all you did was make a, you did make a decision, but it was a non-meritorious decision of faith to believe on the work of Christ on your behalf. The rest of the work begins to unfold as we look in the scriptures and allow the spirit of truth to lead and guide us into all truth. So, there's, it's through the redemption. It's very clear. If someone asks, well, how did this happen? What, what, how do we get in this position? Now, where did it all come from? We can explain all those details. And hopefully you pick up these verses if you're able to get someone who's attentive to these things. So let's go on. Those he called, he also justified. And then point number four, those he justified, he also glorified. So, so God is seeing you from inception to the end. So those, point A, those glorify refers to our finished state where we receive our new bodies. Right? Now, we could just, if you're already in Romans, uh, well, I switched over to another one, but if you're already in Romans, you could go right back up to verse 23, where it says, not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, that's the same as the deposit, that's another way to say it, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, 
the redemption of our bodies. There it is. That's what we are expecting to be next in line for us. Not only is God going to do this for us, but we have this earnest and eager expectation that God's going to do it. Because we know now. Uh, it's just like we understand the plan of God. So what does that create in us? This hope, right? So that's verse 24. For in this hope, in this hope, we were saved. Now, of course, you have to go see all that the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed and the creation was subjected to frustration. You have to read all those previous verses to really have the richness of what we're saying here in verse 24, for in this hope we have been saved. We'll get to that in the next phrase here. But but 8.23 talks about the redemption of our bodies. That's the completion of what God planned. Remember we were talking about how we have to complete Christ? Well, God hasn't completed Christ because there's many other sons beyond us who will believe. It could be somebody believing right now that is becoming a part of uh, the new creation in Christ. And when we say becoming a part, we know we know it's not like an original thought here. The original thought goes back to eternity past when he chose that person to be in him before the creation of the world. So those glorified, it's is not finished. God's not finished yet. But when the rapture happens, then God will be finished with the church. The full number will come in, as it says in Romans 11. And, and that's when he will then turn back to Israel. Because he's finished with the church. He's finished with what he planned from the church, for the church before time began. So Philippians 3, 20 and 21 also talks about he will transform our lowly body so that it will be like Christ's heavenly body. 20 talks about our citizenship is in heaven. Uh, so when you get time, just read those verses for yourself. It adds to what we're saying here. Point B, I say God has really big plans for us. I mean, all you got to do is look at the breadth of all of this to see that we're not just here, oh yeah, God, the whole plan, his whole plan for us is that we would get saved. <laughs> that's what that's what and then you got people who think that the whole purpose of God and all eternity was just to save us. When he didn't even have to let us be lost, if that were the case. Salvation is a moment in time. It's like being born. His whole plan. And then when we open the scriptures, we see, oh, God, you got big plans for us. I mean, plans that are tied to the eternal purpose. You hid it from everybody. You revealed it to us. This is, as Ed Sullivan would, show, would say, this is really, really big. It's a really big show when we think about this because we, we are seeing the Father's eternal purpose from his perspective, from start to finish. So that's, when we see it from his perspective, when God says, because there's no way you could know that you were foreknown, and there's no way you could know that he called you or that he chose you in Christ. There's no way you can know that you've been predestined. 
to be adopted as sons. There's no way you can know anything about that. God is the one who knows that stuff. He's sharing it with us. Because we know it, that doesn't make it a reality. God did it. That, that's what made it a reality when he did it in eternity past. So whose perspective are we seeing? We're seeing God's perspective. He's showing you what his plans were before time began as they relate to you. So he, he knows. This is from start to finish. He, he's telling you the whole ball of wax. For in this hope we were saved. Back to that Romans 8.24 again. So that tells you, and the hope is not salvation. Right? We already have that. Right? The hope is when we get our resurrection bodies. The person said, oh, so, so that means we just get our resurrection body. But no, go back in the previous verses and see all that is affected by us getting our resurrection bodies. The whole universe is affected by that. You can't just say, oh, we got a resurrection body. That's what the church is talking about. Oh, won't that be a glorious time? No more sickness. No more pain. No more this. No more backaches. That's all the kind of sermons I hear about. The resurrection body. What we need to be hearing is this. This is the information. This is the hope of our calling. We're missing so much by people not talking about what is most important. Resurrection body, that, and that's not even the glorious body. I'm not talking about the glory that belongs to the church. Oh, we could go on. So then, let's keep going because I'm running out of time. So let's go to point uh, C. Our destiny is attached to the eternal purpose of the Father. That's what you got to know. Our destiny is attached to God's eternal purpose. Here, look at this, John uh, 16, 14 and 15. Let's look at it. 16 says, 14, he will glorify me. He's talking about God the Holy Spirit. He will glorify me. He's not in the, the Holy Spirit is saying, well, uh, anything I'm doing is to accentuate the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to the reasoning here. He will glorify me because, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Now, so the Holy, notice that's to glorify Christ. That glorifies Christ, that the Holy Spirit will take the mind of Christ and make it known to you. And you know, the information we're talking about here with these words is the mind of Christ. So that glorifies Christ. That's what he says. He will glorify me. How, why? How, how does this work, Christ? Because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So the Holy Spirit knows the mind of Christ and he receives that so that he makes it plain to us. Now, this is detailed information that takes competence and capacity for us to understand. We can't even think beyond creation. How in the world could we possibly accurately think beyond creation? We, the only way we can do it is that God has revealed these things to us by means of the Spirit. And that's 1 Corinthians 2.10. 
He has revealed these things. He said, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. There's no way we could know these things. Eye has not seen it, ear has not heard. Only we could have the capacity to accurately talk about these things by means of the Spirit, and as we stick to what the Spirit of Truth teaches us. If you stray from this, if you go beyond what is written, you are in your own assumption territory. So this is how we come to understand this. So our destiny, so then verse 15, all that belongs to the Father is mine. So now Christ is, has linked the information that he has to, to the information that he received from the Father. He said it's mine. All that belongs to the Father's mind. The part that he didn't say on verse 15 is all that I have belongs to the Father. That's why the information that we have in the scriptures here is not Christ's mind. It is the mind of the Father. It is the, the plan of the Father. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from... And now he's repeating what he just said. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from, my, from me what he will make known to you. What, why are we so important? Why? Because we are the recipients of this grace. We are. And the, the whole point is to give us the information so we could be led into all truth. That's what the Holy Spirit... And we're seeing the detail behind that. Our destiny is then linked attached, hitched to the eternal purpose of the Father. So, and then there's the one scripture that we read, Ephesians 1, uh, which you already saw, Paul talks about it. I'll read it quickly. 18 and 19, Ephesians 1, 18, 19. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he, called you, he has called you. So remember, we just read in Romans... In this hope, we were saved. In other words, the reason why we got saved, there was a whole lot behind it, which we didn't see. All we saw was saved. Oh, I have to be, hallelujah, I'm saved. That's all we saw. But Romans says, in this hope, what, after he explained all these lofty things, he says, in this hope, we were saved. That, that's from God's perspective. Well, God, from God's perspective, yeah, you, you had to get saved before you got to the stuff, but this was the big deal. Or as they say, this was the big enchilada right here. So, so here, uh, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. And he describes it in two ways. We say A and B, one and two the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. Well, that's the first part, is we got this inheritance that God is describing as glorious riches, or the, the riches of his glorious inheritance. And then the second part, B, and his incomparably great power for us, <coughs> excuse me, who believe. And now notice how we got into this whole thing. All we did was believe. That's it. It's all grace. What did we do? All the top and comfortably great power for us who have climbed the mountain of God, who have ascended unto... No. It's for us who believe. That's it. 
this is why I say, when it comes to Thanksgiving, if you're not celebrating Thanksgiving, then something's wrong. I'm not talking about getting a turkey and all that. I'm just talking about the richness of what God has invested in you. And if you can't even say thank you to God, if you can't just fix your lips to to form the words, something is missing in terms of your understanding. Look, all you did was believe. And then he says, this is, so there's two things. There's inheritance and the position in which he has placed you. That is part of his body, the fullness of him who fills everything, the pleroma of the creator of the whole world. So there's much more that can be said there. But we're moving on to point D because we're getting long now. Okay, God gives us this information as a guarantee to us of our glorious future. That's what he says in Ephesians 1.14. He says, who is a deposit? Guaranteeing. This is not guaranteeing our salvation. This is guaranteeing our inheritance. So he talked about our inheritance here, but then he explained it in more detail as he went down below. Guaranteeing it. Right, well, it this is true of you. This is true. This is going to happen to you. This you might as well say it's already it's already happened. This is God decreed that this was the case. That God said, "Look, from eternity past, I'm choosing you in Christ, and that's the deal." Now all creation had to be made in order for all this to happen. But yet, it's going to happen, just as sure as as those he. Uh, for new, those he also predestined, and those he predestined, those he also called, and those he also called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. It is a fact. So start seeing it that way. Point E, God knows from the beginning to the end, right? That's what we say. He is the Alpha and the Omega, right? The first and the last. So, Listen, we're not talking about Doug. Think, I think this might happen. I, I hope it might happen. We're talking about reality here. So, to, to the end, God knows the beginning to the end. And so we can certainly trust his word. We can. If, anybody, if there was anybody's word we could trust, it's this word. It's the word of God. I mean, it, like it says... Uh, we ought to trust God and count every man a liar because God is true. I mean, if he's telling us, he knows the beginning from the end, he knows the whole thing, and he's telling us this is the reality, then we can put our trust in that. That is who we are, no matter what. I wanted to put another verse in there, and we'll close with this last one. It's the first John chapter 3, and it goes like this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. (laughs) The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now are we children of God. Now. Not because remember, John knows that those he foreknew, he also called, those he called. He, John knows that whole thing, right? So what I'm trying to get you to do 
is have that hope, that confidence in what God is trying to do. He's trying to give you guarantees. He didn't have to tell you any of this stuff, but he's sharing this with you because it's pertaining to you. So we're going to have to end. I know it's late, but we can trust him. If he said this about us, and we're so clear as we're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into this truth, then this is, this is the reality of what our destiny is. It doesn't look like we're anybody special. I know. But let me tell you, you are very special. I mean, apart from anybody in the human race, uh, I don't care what Old Testament person you want to talk about, before the church age or after, doesn't matter. We are not ordinary. We're, all I can say is take some time to look at these scriptures and the, the scope of what God has called us to be. Let's bow our heads as we close. Father, thank you for this time we've had to just to talk about the, the scriptures from your perspective. Father, we pray that you would give us wisdom as we look into the word, even in more detail. Father, we ask as we do that you challenge us as we look even further to continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that we might be thankful for the things that are in front of us and the things that already went behind us. All this we ask in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Amen.